When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bingeworthy and all the Playlist podcasts are sponsored by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming a selection of exceptional, independent, classic, and award-winning films from around the globe. Mubi's film experts handpick every single film they show. Each day, they present a new gem, and you have one month to watch it. Current highlights now showing include Portuguese coming-of-age tale John Fromm, as well as a global retrospective on Philippe Garel, featuring exclusives like Les Autres Solitudes and The Birth of Love. Mubi is available on the web, on the Roku platform, PlayStation, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and Samsung Smart TVs, as well as on mobile devices including iPad, iPhone, and Android. The Playlist listeners are eligible for a special 30-day free trial. Regular people can only receive 7 days free. Visit mubi.com slash the playlist to start watching. You are listening to Bingeworthy the episodic television and long-form narrative conversation of the Playlist Podcast Network and theplaylist.net. Here's your host, Kimber Myers. Hello and welcome to Binge Worthy. I'm Kimber Myers, your host. And with me today, I have Rodrigo Perez, the editor-in-chief at The Playlist. On today's episode of Binge Worthy, we are talking about Twin Peaks, which is what everybody is talking about. Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, for the uninitiated, uh, if you've managed to escape all the weirdos in your circle of friends um, who won't shut up, uh, Twin Peaks was the show that was created by David Lynch and Mark Frost back in 1990. It ran for two seasons on ABC um, and one very short season of, I believe, eight episodes. And then the second one was a standard 22 and uh, of varying degrees of quality. (laughs) I think the first season was like 10, wasn't it? Maybe it was eight. Um, I thought it was eight, um, although the first episode is... A full like, it's like a movie. Yeah, it's it's long. Is it two hours? Um, if it's not two hours, it's definitely an hour and a half. And it's certainly like the best thing on all in all of it, like across the board. It's, it's great. Yeah, yeah it's like a it's a David Lynch movie. Um, it's phenomenal. It's really fun. So um, I mean, that's the other thing. You could watch just that first episode totally, and and never watch anything else, and still really really dig it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to like there, and it is very much David Lynch somehow on primetime broadcast television in 1990, which is insane. on on ABC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not even on Fox. We're talking ABC in 1990. Um, So the basic plot, if if you can call it that, was around um, solving the murder of a homecoming queen named... Laura Palmer in the Washington town of Twin Peaks. That's population is like fifty one thousand something. something. Like that, yeah. yeah, I feel like I should have it memorized at this yeah, point. Yeah, everyone should know that. Yeah, um, and it's there in the title card. And everyone. <laughs> I think the funny thing is, I don't know if they show it in the new season. 
Oh, that's a good Because you question. would think the population would have grown by then? Yeah. It's a good question. It's something well, to keep an eye on. Yeah, we'll get shouts about that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so Special Agent Dale Cooper, played by Kyle McLaughlin, comes to the small town to investigate along with Sheriff Harry S. Truman, played by Michael Onkeen, and they encounter a variety of colorful town folk. Um, the eccentric town folk of, of Twin Peaks. We should say that, that Harry is also, is, he is the sheriff in town, so he's yes. not coming from anywhere. He's there. A special agent, FBI agent, uh, Dale Cooper, comes out from wherever he is yeah. in the United States to, to get, investigate this thing. Um, yeah, and I mean, and you were saying like, oh, there's a lot of crazy stuff, and there is, but it's really essentially just like, this girl's been murdered, yeah. you find out it's a serial killer, and even in that first episode, right, it's, it's and then it's just essentially about discovering who, who the killer is, mm-hmm. but then it gets... <laughs> shit gets weird. Shit gets weird, it gets convoluted. Um, it's funny that we're explaining this, because it's like, on some levels, I'm like, what are we doing? Explain Twin Peaks. But I know tons and tons of people yeah. who never caught it, and are, were just catching up with it and binging it, like, in the lead-up to, to the new Twin Peaks. And yeah. Lot. I know tons and tons. I mean, you just look on film Twitter, and all these people were like, <laughs> I'm watching Twin Peaks, I'm watching Twin Peaks, and, like, this show's this or that, you know? It's like... Well, it wasn't helped by the fact that, for a while, you couldn't get the second season on DVD. Right. There was whole decade where the second season wasn't available due to rights issues and I guess there were a lot of production issues with the first season. Um, Interesting. Well, it's not like, I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, but season two kind of blows. Yeah, it's not great. Um, They solved the murder of Laura Palmer, spoiler, in (laughs) in episode seven, season two. I don't, I'm not even sure, and I should know this, but like, David Lynch and Mark Frost, I believe, weren't part of season two, or very I, they, minimal they, they involvement. Might have, and I know David Lynch did direct that seventh episode when, uh, her, you know, the kill, the the killer is revealed, and they were under pressure by ABC. Yeah. To, people were like, "All right, enough already. You need to solve this." He didn't want to do that. He kind of he wanted to keep stretching it out, and they forced him to do it. So he came in and he directed that episode, and. Um, and then he pieced out after that. I think he was like, fuck that. And then I'm yeah. pretty sure... He did the last couple? He, he came back. Yeah. He came, came back. But essentially, um, he did that episode, and then Mark Frost and David Lynch pieced out, and then they had to keep it going, right? Because it, it's exactly what we were talking about on the other episode yes. of uh, when we talked about Master Run. You just have to keep going. That's the sort of the the um, expectation and form of, of at least old school television. It's like, you know, you're, you got to show, you, even if your main mystery's been solved, you just got to keep going and going. And so there was new writers on the show and they just kept, and it just got so bad. And it went from like insane uh, um, cult phenomenon and word of mouth. It was super highly rated to being like when it, right as it was getting canceled, it was, I mean, think about it now, there was, there's like 400-something scripted shows. Yeah. Back then, there was like 59 or something, <laughs> and it was rated 58 of 59 by the time it was done. It, it, it dropped off that much. That yeah. people, and the quality is terrible. It became a, like a terrible soap opera. It had all these like threads and this and that of just preposterous stuff. And Twin Peaks is kind of preposterous, but even for them, yeah. this was like ridiculous, really poorly written, slapped together. And then they were canceling it, and David Lynch came back to direct the final episode, which is great. And in the way that he directed the final episode, in his mind, I believe he, in a way, sort of 
undid the uh, solving, quote-unquote solving, of, of Laura Palmer's yeah. killer in his mind. And that's why we're here in season three, because if you've read any of the interviews that he set up, he's like, we have to figure out who killed Laura Palmer. Even though it seems pretty <laughs> obvious in yeah. episode seven, and then again in that final one that he does, it seems like it's obvious once again yeah. who killed her. Um, but in his mind, her death is still not solved. And that's why we're doing a third season. Although you could you could argue that like he could have just brought these characters back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the, the reason Dale Cooper was tied to any of these people was because of this murder. Um, uh, and But yeah, and so it just ended, and then he did a, a, a movie after that to sort of quote-unquote tie things up. It was called Fire Walk With Me. I believe it came out in 1994. The show, the, the season two was canceled in 1991. Mm-hmm. My dates might be slightly off. I think it's 91 and then 93. Is it 91 or 93? And then, of course... Firewalk with me solved almost nothing because it was a prequel. Yeah. Um, and I think again in his mind it explained a lot of things. And God think, bless him. And and Firewalk with me is like batshit crazy. I haven't seen it in. I haven't seen it since '93. Yeah. Or at it's least been like some, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And. Um, but it's it's streaming on Showtime, I think. Yeah, so that's right. If you want to catch up on the batshit crazy in our mind, although I've heard that it actually has aged better. Yes. I remember not liking it at the time. Yeah, me too. And it's very humorous and then very nightmarish at the end. And, uh... But it was just like, it was Twin Peaks amplified. And crazy. Yeah. Which brings us to season three, 26 years later. 26, not 25, which was kind of the... The point, right? Yeah. The very last episode, Laura Palmer says to um, uh, Agent Dale Cooper in the Black Lodge, a.k.a. the Red Room, the sort of surreal dream state... Like, alternate... Alternate universe yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's kind of a dream state world, sort of, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say e- that's... Extra, extra dimensional. Yeah. And as accurate as, as you can be about any of this right. stuff. And she says to him, and it's, it's amazing, like, uh, did he have a plan? He's like, I'll see, you in, I'll see you in 25 years. And then David Lynch swore up and down he wasn't doing anything. There's recent interviews where... I think Mark Frost came to him and be like, what do you think about Twin Peaks again? And he was like, no, 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 I'm not interested. And then I think he got interested really late in the game. Yeah. Like, maybe like a, a year or two before the 25th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to hit 25 years later, just like Laurel Palmer said, and because of dealings with Showtime, yeah. and he actually, quote-unquote, canceled. They were having budget issues. Um, and, and he basically said, if you're not giving me that budget, fuck that, and I'm done. And yeah. we're not doing the show. And he was adamant about it and essentially like pulled the plug. And then a few months later, they worked things out. But because of the schedule and timing, everything got pushed back. So 26 years later, we've got Twin Peaks, The Return. It, essentially the third season, but it's called The Return. Yeah. And um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> do you want to give... Uh, do you want to give some some context to the to what it is now and, and and what's happening as best you can? Yeah, and we won't go at first, at least, and we'll give you fair warning. Um, we won't go too deep into, in particular, the latter or the most recent two episodes. So the way that Showtime has released this is very binge friendly, at least a mini binge, um, a demi binge, and so the first two episodes were aired on Sunday night together. 
available both linearly on Showtime and then also on Showtime Anytime, which uh, apparently there were some technical hiccups, which I don't know if Showtime has seen that many of those compared to like HBO and right. every well, time. I don't think there's like, ever been a show that like on Showtime that like people were this interested yeah, in. Yeah, and everybody tuned in right at, at nine. Yeah, exactly. Tuned in. So the app <laughs> crashed. Yeah, and then episodes three and four were made available immediately after and then they will air next Sunday. But this upcoming Sunday. Yes, this Sunday. Which would be May 27th, 28th? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need linear time. Yes. Um, and then I believe it'll be one a week after that, and there are 18 episodes this season. So we get 14 more after the four that are currently available. Um, but just to kind of give a brief overview of what Twin Peaks is in um, its latest incarnation. Um, so it returns to Twin Peaks, obviously, but spends a lot of time in other areas as well, whether we're talking about, is it North Dakota, what part of it is? I describe it as a, uh, a triangle. Okay. It's with, the old show is Twin Peaks, yes. right? It's yeah. Washington, North Pacific West, uh, and uh, uh, it stays there, essentially. Yeah. I'm, maybe there's an episode here and there, but this opens up in New York. Yeah, I was like, Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like that it also tells you New York, right. as though the skyline could be anything else. Right. But I guess it's David Lynch, you never know. So it's the triangle of New York, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, Washington, and South Dakota. Yes, South Dakota. Yes. So expanded in that way, and it throws you at first a little bit, right? Yeah. And like Twin Peaks, I think it's New York, and then it's... I think then it's Washington and then it's South Dakota, but I could yes, be wrong. Yes, that sounds correct to me. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I guess without, I mean, I, we should probably talk spoilers at some time, but without getting into too many spoilers right now, um, I mean, it's pretty obvious it's set 25 years later, and uh, this maybe not so much of a big spoiler, but minor spoiler alert. I In my review, I wrote this, you know, the first line of the crawl in... in I think it's a bold crawl, you know, yeah. in, in The Force Awakens. It says, the first line is, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Yeah. Right? And you're like, whoa, 35 years later, Luke Skywalker, what the hell? He's, he's missing. And that's pretty much exactly what happens with, with yeah. Twin Peaks. If there was a crawl, it would say, Special Agent Dale Cooper has not been seen in 25 years. Yeah. Right? He's, he's gone missing. Yeah, he's sent no Christmas cards. Right. No one's gotten a Christmas card. Yeah. And, and uh, life goes on. But... Then it, it, we, we begin, and we're essentially in an unfamiliar, totally different world in New York, and things start to unfold. It goes back to Twin Peaks because um, the log lady who's in, who's in the first season, she's a very eccentric woman who essentially gets spiritual kind of messages from her log. That she carries uh, like a baby. That she carries like a baby, and, and she gets a new special message from it. She tells the local sheriffs about it. Um, and then at the same time, there's a murder in South Dakota, a pretty grisly, somewhat, another serial killer of some, yeah. some extent. And um, the three start to intertwine and creep in together um, and, 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 and tie into one another. Although I think it's, it's some of it's still unfolding. Oh, absolutely. It's like it's, it's not there. Obviously, they are tied together. Yes. And, um, I've seen ahead, so I've seen episode three and four. And you do get a little bit more um, 
that tethering, that narrative tethering that, mm-hmm. that comes together, but it's still it's still not completely explained. It's just the if it, it's you know if it's strings on each end, they start to come in a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you feel about the returning cast, the people that are missing, um, as well as there are so many new. So like, there's a zillion new cast members. A lot of people, yeah. I think, th- thought of it as stunt casting because people just show up everywhere. <laughs> but I think a lot of it is is, and I could be wrong, but I think everybody knows Twin Peaks, and it's such a cult phenomenon, and everyone wanted to be, everyone wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, that people were like happy to take, you know, a part here and there, right? So it ends up being like, it starts kind of appearing like it's cameos everywhere. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's kind of organic. It's, it it yeah. just shows up and it happens to be that person cast in that role. And some of them stick around for a while. It seems like, um, uh, I could be wrong, but it seems like Naomi Watts is, is going to be around for mm-hmm. a while. Um, I don't believe she shows up until episode four. Um, but uh, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of characters who just show up for a second and they're gone. You never see them again. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, most of the the cast is returning. Um, I guess the the big one is uh, Mr. Harry S. Truman, who who didn't return. Yes, uh, and not for the reason that most of the um, the actors didn't return, which is unfortunately a lot of the original cast. Not a lot, but a number of the original cast have passed away. But Michael Ankin is retired from acting and said no. Yeah, flat out. <laughs> I kind of appreciate, even though like, I, I love the character. I know the character's amazing. Yeah, and, I mean that must have been a huge blow. Yeah, and he is not there, and they've managed a way to get around it. And I won't spoil too much, but I think it was reported originally mm-hmm. that someone had been recast as him. Yeah, and that's incorrect. That is, yeah. Um, do you think we can share who is the new sheriff at least? Uh, yeah, that's yeah Robert, Robert Forster, Forster. Uh, who coincidentally was the person that David Lynch wanted yeah. to originally cast as, as the sheriff to begin with. Which is he great. Was, it was a scheduling conflict. He couldn't do it, so Michael Ankin eventually got the role. Um, so he's not back. The log lady, the, the woman who played her, died Captain Coulson. sometime... 2015. 2015, so yeah. it might have been even during the season. So I'm not sure if we're going to see her in all the episodes. She's definitely in the beginning. And is definitely... If if she's not actually literally ill in it, they've done a very good job of making her appear. Because so, she died of cancer. Um, she looks like... Yeah, it's, it is rough to watch. Um, but it's she has some really wonderful scenes with, uh, with Hawk. So it's, and she is absolutely the, the log lady. Nothing has changed there. Um, so that, that's enjoyable. But there are also some major Catherine, people. Catherine Coulson. Yeah. There's some major people um, who are also not returning. There's no uh, Lara Flynn Boyle. And I think David Lynch has just said her story was done. Interesting. Which, all right. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, a lot of other actors are, are back. Um, David Duchovny returns and is in at least episode four. Yep. Um, Cheryl Lee. Yeah. Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl Lee, Madden, Madden Amchick, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Miguel Ferrer is, Miguel is Ferrer, back, which is a bit... also passed away, yeah. uh, I believe, late last year. Yeah, pretty recently. In, in, the, in the shitty 2016 year where everybody died. Yeah. Um, and also not returning is, and I don't know why I can't see his name on Wikipedia when I'm <laughs> looking right now, but it's, um, I think it's Michael J. Armstrong, I can't remember, but the, the, the little... The little man. Yes, the, yeah, the man from another place. The man from another place. <laughs> That's what he's called. Yeah. Um, he is, I, I guess I shouldn't say dwarf because it's an incorrect term, but it's funny. The little like, person, if, yeah. Yeah, he's a little person. But if you look at all pieces of, like, uh, like, if you like, if you Google anything from, like, back before 2000, everyone references oh. to him as a dwarf, obviously. Yeah. That's politically incorrect now, but I just thought it was a little bit amusing that everywhere I looked... Um, when I was doing a little bit of research to catch myself up, yeah, because I didn't have time to rewatch seasons one and two, um, and I'd already seen them, so I didn't necessarily feel like I needed to. But um, yeah, he's not returned, and um, we did a little story on this. I mean, it's twofold. I think he, he um, we did a little story today on the playlist that um, he's not coming back because he went on Facebook and did all these rants about it, and he's oh. dissed David Lynch. He's dissed Twin Peaks. And his, uh, in one of his posts, he said basically like, you know, David got into a budget issue with um, Showtime, as we just said, mm-hmm. decided to bail on the show, and then Showtime came back and gave him more money. My agent said, this is how much I think I'm worth, and then he's, and this, and in his perspective, he said, and David had this extra amount of money, and he went and ca- cast all these celebrities and all these other people, and they wouldn't reach my quote, so I said, fuck you, and I'm not going to do this. And then, uh, uh, you know, he's not in the show now, although yeah. his character is. Yes. His character returns as, spoiler alert, uh, uh, essentially an uh, ascension alien tree. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's what he is. Right. <laughs> and so, it, it, that's, that's weird, but one of the last things that said, that one of the last things that he says in, in, the, in the, the Black Lodge, and it's like these people like figured this out 25 years yeah. ago, is when you see me again, it's something like it's you won't. When you see me again, you won't see me. It's yeah. like it's, he's <laughs> suggesting that like twenty five years later, I will I won't be back in the same form. And of course, he's not. Yeah, and it so, worked out really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I, I'm curious as to which one is is the true story. Whether yeah. it's they wrote him out and decided to put him like this. Yeah, or or, or that was always the plan. Although. According to David, there was no plan back then. It was just done. <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, it's weird because, you know, he said in interviews, no, I was never interested. I wasn't going to do that. But he's also sort of just kind of a strange, opaque person. Yes. Yeah. The Especially stories of him at TCA this year in particular, just like out, ref, out now refusing to, to answer any questions about anything. And yeah, it's... I mean, that's the other thing, you know, like, he wouldn't go, I'm sure he had conversations with everybody, but he went to, he wouldn't go to Netflix that, like, I mean, one of the things in the deal in Showtime is, like, you're absolutely not putting on every episode. Yeah. It's not going to be all, like, binge-worthy, like, we're not doing it like that. I'll put out two, I guess, I, in this case, it's going to be two, four, maybe, like, cause yeah. it, like, next week they'll air three and four, but maybe Especially five with the holiday on the app, maybe. Um, I think they'll just... Is it just going to be three and four next weekend? I think three and four. I think part of the reason 
they may have done it is because of the trying to get subscribers and trying to like trying to get subscribers but also because next weekend is um or this weekend is memorial day right. so they don't have any danger of losing people but yeah after that five six seven etc it's one a week so one a week we're getting yeah it's not gonna be two a week no it's parceled out it's gonna be real wow. painful oh okay i thought it was gonna be a two week so like it'd <laughs> be done by like no, it's going to go into like August or something. Wow. This this is our summer. We're going to have to do another episode. Oh my God. <laughs> Excuse me. We're going to get to do another episode. Yes. But I have to say as someone who, as as someone who, as all of us do binge watching, we get, yeah. you know, we're done with the show in a week maybe. Yeah. Uh, when we're behind, you know, I'm still behind on Fargo season three. I need yeah. to catch up. I'm like three weeks behind. But, um, neither here nor there, but the idea of like appointment watching and, and you know the outdated model of appointment watching mm-hmm. and not being able to get everything on demand and having to wait all summer is going to be pretty damn tough. Yeah. Yeah, between this and then with Hulu following their standard one-a-week release for The Handmaid's Tale, right. it is it feels very different than what we've gotten used to. I mean, there are certainly shows that still do it, but like actual shows, but um, yeah, it's it's a different people experience. try to challenge that model a little bit. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I'll be. I'm very curious to see where it goes. But I was a lot of the stuff I read before was how how weird will Twin Peaks be, and how weird can it actually get when there's a lot of weird TV in 2017 that was certainly not around on um, in. 1990, right? Especially like this was a revolutionary show. Yeah, like it the was influence. Ass. It was Gonzo, right, at the time, and, yeah. and it had a massive impact on 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 television culture and, and pop culture, right? Absolutely, it was just one of these phenomenons. Yeah, but I mean, now you have even just on Sundays, you have Twin Peaks, of course, and then The Leftovers and American Gods, all of which are really, really strange shows mm-hmm. and. Um, and I do think that at least the the first four episodes, and in particular, the third episode of Twin Peaks, get really fucking weird. And he's like, "Oh, Legion, you think you're gonna be strange?" Yeah, like he's like, "How how weird will, will Twin Peaks be this time?" The answer, really fucking weird. I feel like I was like both in terms of what you're seeing, but also in the way. That it's shot and edited, I felt like I was having a seizure, and I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's like this is the the beginning of episode three reminds me of some of the experimental short films he did way back yes, in the day. Yes, totally. It feels like is this uh, stop motion animation? You know, like with his with real live action, yeah, live action uh, stop motion, and or, or is it just some sort of like it's it's fucking weird. It's really weird. It's. Uh, it's yeah, and narratively it's really weird. It's it's shot in a strange way, and uh, it just keeps continuing to get weirder and weirder <laughs> and weirder. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I I wonder how much they can keep pushing it. I the the worry to me is, um, and I don't want to go too far because I know you haven't been there yet. But uh, episode four is is even is even. It's weirder in a different way. Episode yeah. three is very surreal, as all of them been, but it's the most surreal so far. And episode four is um, the most absurdist and really funny. It's almost like a David Lynch fucked up comedy. Um, 
my worry is that if it keeps going and it keeps pushing like that, it could really get into silly yeah. season two-esque territory. Um, so that's my sort of mild worry, having been there for season two and being like, oh my god, this is shit. Yeah. And kind of bailing on it at the time. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think that he'll be able to sustain both the quality that we've seen in the first four episodes? Because I, I mean, I think so far I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, where things are. Not that David Lynch cares if I'm happy or not, but, um, but no, I. This is as good or better than I would have expected, especially having been a huge David Lynch fan for a while, um, but really, really hating Inland Empire. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't ever need to sit through it ever again. Although now I'm like, should I sit through it again? It's <laughs> pretty brilliant, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. So so season three, the return, is is crazy. Should we get into some spoilers? Yeah, let's, let's dive into spoilers. All right, so um, I guess the, the biggest first major spoiler is we, we come back to... Um, season three, and there's two Dale Coopers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was really, I was writing this because I've been kind of writing about each episode, and I was sort of giving it a sort of chance to be like, this might not be as simple as it seems, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get to my point, but like, I thought, okay, I don't think this is black and white. I think there's some crazy things differently going on, but now I'm going back on that thought, and it's basically like good Cooper and bad Cooper. Yeah. There's a there there's two of them. There's a doppelganger and it's yin and yang. Dale Cooper is in the Black Lodge mm-hmm. and he's the one that we know. He's sort of trapped there in that extra dimensional um, world. And then there's the doppelganger who's got a mullet and this deep tan. Yeah. And he's a killer. And he's like the bad guy. And and I, I really wanted to resist the temptation to just be like, this one's good, this one's bad. There's more going on and there kind of is Mm -hmm. but I think that dichotomy is what it is yeah and I I I appreciate not to say that it's overly simplistic but I appreciate that at least that aspect is a little bit more straightforward when it's surrounded by everything else that is so bonkers that there is something to to grab onto yeah Yeah. although (laughs) as it goes on yeah that the two things start to morph and yeah. change, and and maybe it uh, it's uh, there's a bit of a metamorphosis there. The walls start to break down on the on the barriers of the of the Black Lodge and, and reality, and so maybe it's it is going to demolish yeah. and deconstruct the, that dichotomy. But um, yeah, I mean, essentially, okay, so two Dale Coopers, and. Uh, yeah, as it starts to unfold, I, I'm trying to just keep it to, to episodes one and two um, because that's what we're trying to keep this conversation to. Maybe we'll talk about three and four yeah. another time. But um, I'm trying to remember the linear. Why don't, you, why don't you go in a little bit and explain a little bit more? Um, yeah, so there's, there is another murder that has been committed in South Dakota. Um, as you mentioned, this gruesome murder where it is a woman's head with a man's body a man's body both are found um, in bed it seems like it's the same body but it turns out that yeah it's just a decapitated head and then 
uh, uh, just the body without a head of an of a entirely different person. Than yeah. That. And the reactions of the police and others at the scene are kind of great, including um, Jane Addams, who is wonderful always, yes. Love her. everywhere. Um, and in that storyline, Matthew Lillard of uh, Scream and Scooby Doo <laughs> fame is, who I think has had a nice like resurgence over the last few years since like yeah, the Descendants. Yeah, he was in the Descendants. That's right. Um, he is a school principal and is brought in for the murder that at least it seems at first like he couldn't have done, but now it maybe seems like there may be more going on than appears, which would be a totally new thing for Twin Peaks. But So there is that storyline. Um, there's some really nice, um, nasty back and forth between him and his wife, um, which yes. are soon to be. Ex-wife, um, there's a terrifying image of um, a fellow cellmate at the, uh, the, the local... Ghost, the ghost yeah, ghost. like, bleh. <laughs> the most striking image to me in the first two episodes, I mean, other than the glass room at the yes. beginning, which is very almost Kubrick-esque, this, this, this camera looking at this this glass, uh-huh. this glass box, although the glass box has a sort of circle in it and it looks like it has an eye looking at you, mm-hmm. so it's very, uh, uh, it's almost this sort of two-way mirror kind of thing, and it's so still, it's so composed, it's in a way that... And there's that hum. Right, and there's a clinical kind of aspect to it. It's it's sort of this minimalism that we haven't quite seen from David Lynch. It feels Kubrick-esque, and it's just really unnerving, and so that's, you know, it just opens up with that, but the shot at the end of uh, of episode two where uh, Agent Cooper basically falls out of the, the Black Lodge red room and falls into the glass box and then is spit out into like outer space. And that image, like the whole screen is shaking yeah. and it looks like there's like this psychotic eruption and the, it looks like your television is going to explode. And it's just <laughs> that to me was such a haunting, insane. I was like... My jaw was on the floor, and I was like, welcome back, Twin Peaks. You just fucking upped your game. I was like, holy shit. That was... And what's crazy is it goes further, and and it's better, (laughs) but when you're only two episodes in and it ends like that, you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's an impressive ending. So back to the, uh, the glass box in the room in New York City. Um, there's a guy just sitting there watching... He's paying to watch it. Yeah, um, that's like the most boring job ever. And his girlfriend, who is played by Madeline Zima um, of Californication. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and uh, the nanny. She was a child actor. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I didn't the watch boy is, the nanny. Is the, the guy is Ben Rosenfield from yes. Boardwalk Empire. He's also been in a bunch of other things, but I, I first saw him, first discovered him in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. I thought he was quite good. Um, so after much quiet sitting in there um, where he is supposed to be watching alone, she eventually comes in there with them and they are eviscerated in one of another haunting image. Like, oh my god, yeah, they start having so sex. Night. Yeah. And then <laughs> Yeah, they're earning that, that showtime placement. And then yeah, it, exactly. Like and then all of a sudden they're having sex, there's there's nudity, which is it's it's a little different for, for Twin Peaks because he's on an ABC. Yeah. You know? And it's a little bit of a HBO kind of like, okay, we're in, you know. Yeah. Um, 
cable streaming yeah. different world. And then that the silent glass cube that's done nothing but sit there and stare back at you as the audience as you stare at it. Um, and then it there's a creature or something inside all of a sudden the spirit appears and eviscerates them. It just turns them into fucking yeah. blood mush. And that scene, you're right, is completely haunting and arresting and just like, oh my god. It's like, it's almost like a spiritual wood chipper attacks yeah. them. Yes. We, we don't see what's happening, but they're just fucking destroyed. It's ugly. Um, yeah. It's bloody, it's, it's disgusting, and it's quite shocking. Yeah. It's, uh... I, the the show I think is absolutely as like haunting and fucked up as I I really wanted it to be at least at least so far and I do feel like I'm thinking about specific images hours and days later which is absolutely what I want from David yeah. Lynch and it does kind of reinforce my um, my parents not letting me watch it as a child because I'm in my 30s and I'm like I'm having nightmares about this yeah. so it sticks with you the, the three images so far are just the glass box yeah. and it's, it's what I love about it it just uh, these shots that are straightforward and looking at it and you're looking at it but it's framed in the way that it feels like it's looking at you and yeah. it's just really still and unnerving and crazy and then at the end of uh, season two or sorry episode two with the Dale Cooper shot into space or whatever is going there because we really don't know and no. it's hard to tell. And then the beginning of episode three where he's, I guess, sort of returning from space into this <laughs> other world that's not the red, that's not the Black Lodge. Right. It's something we don't know what yeah. it is, but it's shot, and we referenced it earlier, and it's shot in, in this incredibly evocative um, sort of shuddery epileptic kind of way it's just magnificent it's so haunting I was I was texting with a friend and I was like holy shit this yeah. is bananas and I was like is this whole episode like this because at first and it's not but at first I thought it was going to just be that yeah. and I was just like oh my god could you imagine because it's it's just sound design there's no dialogue and uh uh David Lynch has. I, I someone said that he's got the credit all the way through, but I noticed at the end of that episode that David Lynch has the the sole sound design credit. Oh wow! Um, and that's not completely shocking because if you think about Eraserhead, he yeah. did all the sound in Eraserhead, and the sound in Eraserhead is amazing. But I feel like episode three reminds me of Eraserhead for that very reason because the sound is so yeah. insane and evocative. It's own. It's its own character. Absolutely. Um, it is so unnerving, so disquieting, um, and these hums, these these gristles, this 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 ambience that's angry at the universe or something. <laughs> and um, yeah, that sounds incredible. And uh, that that opening scene uh, from from episode three is is just crazy. It's yeah, it's uh, one of the most interesting things on television in a long time. Even though bits of it. And obviously these weren't, one wasn't influenced by the other due to production times. It did remind me a bit of the Saints and Legion from that like similar box. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they're... But, yeah, totally different in tone and, like... It, like, I think it goes back again. It reminds me of Eraserhead. Yeah. And it reminds me of his experimental sorts from, I think, before he shot Eraserhead. Or they might have been around that time, maybe even shot a little bit afterwards. But, but this is very, the it, it's, it's That opening is like ex watching experimental film, like watching experimental cinema. It's like, it's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And I'm hoping... Not that I want to push the weirdness like we were talking about, but yeah. I love that element that visually it's stunning, and, and I hope that comes back and it repeats itself throughout the throughout the season, throughout the show, because it's it's just really amazing stuff. And, and I think it has narrative purpose, too. Uh, yeah, on, on, agree. On top of being incredibly cool to look at and, and, <laughs> and really haunting and fucked up, um, I do think there is narrative purpose to it, although it, what that is at this point is, is uh, a little bit opaque like the show, but... Yeah. I love it. I like that feeling of being unsettled and both like in my soul, but also narratively and not knowing what, what we're in for. Yeah. And it, uh, it just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And like I said, episode four, like really funny <laughs> um, in this really, really like episode three is, is incredibly surreal and fucked up. But episode four is just like, Bizarre in a, in a different way. That's it's out there for sure. Yeah, it's a little bit crazy. Um, so we're I know that we're only four episodes in, but in terms of all of the reboots on TV over the last couple of years, um, you have, and obviously a, a number of them are less serious than than this in a lot of ways, and certainly less ambitious. But you know, you have Fuller House and uh, right. Um, Gilmore Girls and X-Files. Yeah, it's the big trend, the reboot. Or... Yeah. I, of the ones that I've seen, um, this is so far, I think, the most successful, the most true to what it was while also expanding and being incredibly ambitious. Well. We're real early. No. Yes and no. <laughs> no, I mean, you're comparing it to... Fuller, Fuller House. house. <laughs> no disrespect to Fuller House, yeah. but uh, uh, I think Twin Peaks was always going to be a little bit, the reboot of Twin Peaks was going to be... I should hope so. ...would be better than Fuller House, yeah. and I can't think of... Uh, I'm sure there's a lot more examples of things that have come back 20 years later or whatever, yeah. but, um, I mean, this is David Lynch. Yeah. I'm sorry, girl, Gilmore Girls, but um, this is David Lynch coming back, and... It's a different game. It's the first piece of anything... Uh, or, Narrative that he's done since uh, 2007, I believe, is when Inland Empire came. It's been out. a long, so, long time. Yeah, and he said he was done. Yeah. He still says he's done. He says he's not going to make another film. He says he's done with with cinema, essentially. Yeah. Although at the same time, he considers this a movie. Yes, that and, is it's, true. And An 18-hour movie. And David is so weird that in in a Wired interview, he'll go. TV's awesome. You can do all these things with TV. You can you can go you know really far and deep with it, and I mean which he discovered before any O tour because he did yeah Twin Peaks in 1991. You know we're in peak TV O tour TV, and he did that before everybody, right? Um, and so he's he's espousing the virtues of, of television, right? And and how the format's amazing and et cetera et cetera how it works for his story. Obviously, again he knew this. But then he's also in another interview. He'll say like, "Well, but this is a movie, 
and, and then it's like an 18 hour movie or whatever. So it's like contradictory. And then in another interesting contradiction, after you did it, yes. <laughs> I just threw up my hands. Yes, and you, and you rolled your eyes. Um, but after he shot in Empire, which he shot on digital and very butt ugly, kind yeah, of early, not... early digital, um, it, it's literally shot on like a, I don't know, consumer camera. Yeah. Not very great. Although I think the look of it is actually incredible, personally, because I like it and you don't like Inland Empire, so you Some probably think it's terrible. Some reviewer recently said that you wouldn't use that camera to film your blind grandfather's birthday party. I think that's accurate. I, there's something creepy about it in the end. Yes. And it works in its benefit because it's yeah. so kind of cheap and fucked up. But yeah, it does not look good. Um, and But when he after he shot that, he was like, I'm never going to shoot anything on film again. I love yeah. this video. I think it's <laughs> the greatest thing ever. I love the speed. I love the quality. He was going on and on about video. Like, a digital video was going to be the thing for him. And now he insisted that Twin Peaks had to be shot on film. Yeah. And that was part of the, the deal breakerness with Showtime is so that they, yeah, it's really expensive. And Showtime was like, no, just shoot it on digital. Yeah. And he was like, no, absolutely not. And that was one of the deal breakers because it shoots the budget up, right? I don't know why he did that. Um, maybe to have some sort of uh, visual continuity with uh, uh, Twin Peaks. And presumably yeah. it was shot on film at the time. I believe it was, um, but it's it's funny, ironic here, like you know, ten years ago, yeah. espousing uh, digital video as this revolutionary for Inland Empire, and then for Twin Peaks being like, I have to shoot on film. So he's crazy. He's a little and mercurial. I, I love it. Yeah. Well, I guess that's Twin Peaks, yeah, right? It's Twin Peaks. Uh, we will be, if not discussing it. All summer long, we'll certainly be watching it all summer long. I'm assuming most of our audience will be watching it. Um, ratings were low; they were soft on, on linear. Apparently Half high. Million? Yeah, yeah, low on linear, high on on uh, nonlinear streaming and, and whatever app you're watching it on. Um, not a surprise, I think, in in every aspect because uh, uh, it's Twin Peaks. It was always kind of a cult phenomenon, anyhow. Yeah. And it's obviously got like film, Twitter, and media culture really buzzing, and everyone's really excited about it. But, uh, and it is a cult phenomenon, but I still think there's a whole new generation that just might not care yeah. and, and missed it to begin with. And it wasn't part of their generation, it wasn't part of their viewing experience. It's not a cultural touchstone to them. Um, so I'm, you know, the people, the generation of millennials who love 13 Things. About, or what it was called. 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 13, 10 <laughs> Things I Hate About You. 13, 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Uh, they love that show and they probably have zero connection to Twin Peaks mm -hmm. and they might think it's just fucking too crazy. And it is weird and so I'm not so surprised that, yeah. that it was down. Uh, what is that going to mean? Um, kind of nothing because Showtime bought it they yeah. paid for it it's done. it's done there's 18 episodes there's probably not going to be another season afterwards because why would he need to do one I think at this point he can probably wrap it all up and the worst it'll mean is that Showtime will go alright that didn't work maybe we shouldn't take risks or that kind of expensive risk because yeah. there's always the financial aspect of it think about HBO bailed on two David Fincher projects because mm -hmm. they were expensive and they just didn't work out so they bailed on them um and, and networks will do that. Cable networks will, yeah. you know, they'll look at the, the optics and it'll be like, 
the numbers versus the subscribers versus like it's just not working. So we're gonna pull the plug on this, which is actually what they did with Boardwalk Empire too, yeah. because it was really expensive, like period piece show, right? Um, so yeah, uh, the worst thing that happens is Showtime goes, oh boy, that wasn't worth it. I don't think it's in the end going to mean that much to Showtime because I don't think they're as ambitious. And this is probably one of their most expensive shows anyhow, yeah. because it's David Lynch returning, shot on film. All these actors, all this—you know—it's it's like a—it's an event, mm -hmm. right? So I, I'm sure there was some sort of um, line in the sand for him that's like, "This has to be this." I mean, think about it. Showtime balked, and they said, "Okay, we're not doing it. Fuck yeah. you, right?" And then they came back to him because they were like, "Okay, we need this to happen." Um, so yeah, they bought it. They're airing it. It's done. It, yeah, maybe they'll go and go learn some sort of lesson. But yeah. I um, think at the very least. The number of people, and I don't know if they've released numbers around this, but the number of people who have either signed up for Showtime Anytime as a separate service or have um, have actually used the app for the first time after being totally subscribers, increased. yeah, like that I think will will help them. And that is still the, still somehow the, the major hurdle for networks is... Um, whether they have the standalone service or alternately even just getting people to use their app um, is still shocking. People and, and think about it, like, media's gone crazy about it, right? Yeah. Everybody's writing about Twin Peaks and Showtime's loving that. Yes. And maybe that's going to, I'm sure it's going to create buzz that people will translate into people either using the app or subscribing. I got I know I had a lot of conversations with people who are like, I don't have Showtime. I need to get Showtime. <laughs> yeah. You know, because a lot of people are, don't think it's essential for their for viewing yearly viewing experience. But as I was telling some people, when Homeland was good and I was yeah. really into it, I would get Showtime. It was really easy to buy Showtime and then drop it. I yeah. probably shouldn't be saying that. There's no Showtime to listen to. They're gonna be like, "Fuck you!" But it was really easy to like get it for a month mm -hmm. and then bail on it, which is what I did. I yeah. would get it for show for That's um, what a lot Homeland. Of people do. Yeah, when Homeland was really good, and then I would cancel. And I've done that with whenever there was a good show on it, and uh, certainly needed to do that for Twin Peaks. Yeah. Although I might have had a little assistance. <laughs> <laughs> I am also curious about. I'm dying up here. Oh, the Jim Carrey comedy show. Yeah, um, mainly the cast in particular, mm -hmm. um, especially Ari Grainer, who I really like. Mm -hmm. for no particular reason um, other than she's great. Um, yeah, that I'll, I'll stay in for, but I don't know what they have coming in August or September to sustain people after... Well, they had Billions this year. Yes. And everyone seemed to love Billions. Yeah, this was a bigger, better season for mm -hmm. them. But I'm curious about what's coming... Sustaining them. Yeah, like what will they be pushing as Twin Peaks is wrapping up to make sure that people don't drop their subscriptions. Right. And they'll have to. But... Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not HBO. They certainly want to be. Yeah, um, that gap is widened significantly. Yes. yes, although HBO has had its hurdles too, right? Yeah, totally. Think about if if HBO, if Netflix wasn't Netflix wasn't around, mm -hmm. we would be seeing half of these shows that we're talking about in general on HBO. Mm -hmm. You would probably see things like uh, Dear White People or you know. Things, peak TV shows, Master of None, things like that. Absolutely. We would be watching them on HBO. Now that Netflix is an option, you're seeing a lot of those shows go there, right? Because Netflix is incredibly thirsty for original content yeah. because they've got a zillion subscribers and they're 
killing everybody. So right? much money. They've changed the fucking game. Um, so, well, either you'd be watching them on HBO or they wouldn't exist. Yeah, that's the thing is that Netflix has really allowed for creative freedom, which I think has also helped push the envelope. For everybody. Elsewhere, like HBO, right. FX as well. Yeah. Um, really allows. Like yeah. probably Showtime was like, Stars this, is... this fucking, this Twin Peaks yeah. is going to cost us an arm and a leg, but do you want to be in the game or do you not want to be in the game? Do you yeah, want to be left behind? Do you want to be... Everyone wants to be that water cooler show. Did you see yeah. X? Did you see Y? Did you see it last night? Right? That's what everyone wants to be. I mean, that window is short now because there isn't appointment viewing and it's all about binging. Still, you want to have, and the window is pretty short. It can be only a week or two, right? Yeah. Showtime's gonna have that window for the entire summer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. At I least bet you part of it was just like, look, everything's. But when was the last time we had a show that t- took the narrative over for television, right? Yeah. I cannot think of it. I mean, billions maybe owned it for a week or two in February when it first started because yeah. there wasn't a lot going on. Before that, I cannot remember the last time that was that. That happened with Showtime. Is Ray Donovan on Showtime? Yeah. So that has. Yeah, that was their of, last big. That's had a little bit of buzz and here and there, uh, kind of a, I think a consistently well rated but not like super Astral. big show. Yeah. Right. I did like um, so Showtime had a food truck that was serving uh, cherry pie and coffee. Nice. Um, that I went to like a total dork, right. but they actually one of their stops was right in front of HBO the Grace Building. Really? Yeah, it was nice and ballsy. I liked it. It is nice and ballsy. Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nice. I, it goes again. Like I think everything we're talking about here, Twin Peaks was their was their all in move. Yeah, right? they're swinging for the best. It's like yeah, totally. And David Lynch sort of uh, surely uh, swings for the fences. Although maybe in a way he doesn't because it's just David Lynch. Yeah. Right? Like any, anybody else would be like, holy shit, he's really going for it. But it might be just like David Lynch being David Lynch. Right? <laughs> like, I'm not swinging for the fences. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's like what I was going to do no matter what, right? But for Showtime, it's a big move. It puts them on the map in a big way. And hopefully the optics do work for them. And, and they do see it as a, as a win. And um, it uh, compels them to do take more risks. And I mean... The only, the only, it only benefits everybody, right? Yeah. If 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 it's a big win in the column, and they take more risks, and we've got better television from from X and Y and this and this channel and this streaming place. Hey, you know who wins? The viewer, right? The only thing that, that sort of loses is our sanity because there's so much good television to watch <laughs> that we're like trying to keep up with everything, and yeah. somehow we try and manage to squeeze films in there as well. And we're just not not gonna leave the house this summer. Yeah. We don't need vitamin D. No. no. Plus, it's the summer, and there's air conditioning, and there's Dave Lynch, so yeah. why would I leave my house? <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you for joining me. Yeah, again. thanks for having me. <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud, you can find us on iTunes, and you can also find the podcast posted on our home, theplaylist.net. On iTunes, please subscribe and consider leaving a comment or rate our pod. All feedback is appreciated. You can find me at the creatively titled at Kimber Myers, M-Y-E-R-S, on Twitter, and we'll see you next time.